Welcome to Tree Dog Tuesday, only on the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a special one for you this week. I was able to sit down with Chuck, Don, and Colton Dunlap at Chuck's home out in Ohio. There's some great information on this, uh, some great stories, some good messages. Uh, It was one of the more, I don't know, pleasurable ones, I guess, to record. We had a great time. Uh, Three good houndsmen sitting down talking with me. Uh, Also great guys, great pup trainers. And so uh, it was fun. Uh, This is going to be part one of two. Uh, I know the audio is a little rough at times, so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. I'm going to fix it. I tried to fix it the best I could. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Great episode. Great guys. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, Some of the best houndsmen on the planet right here, all in one room, and then me. (laughs) So so enjoy. you guys give it a listen and send me, let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you think on this podcast as well as any of them. Josh at joydogfood.com. Uh, I like it. I hope you guys do as well. So let's take a quick minute to talk about Joy Dog Food. Now, I'm not going to talk about the quality of the product, how it's going to stack up just as good, if not better, than what you're feeding now. I'm not going to talk about all the things we do for dog sports and working dogs in general. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all the winners that are using Joy Dog Food, all the world champions and trucks and all that stuff that have won, been won on Joy Dog Food. Not even going to bring it up. What I want to talk about is how to get it. Uh, you want Joy Dog Food, go into your locally independent-owned store it could be a hardware store a feed store a farm and home heck we've even sold feed out of a barber shop before if they've got a storefront we've got a distributor that can probably get them some dog food for you we like to do business at the same place that you grew up in that same little feed store that you bought your first pocket knife in and listened to your first hunting stories in those are the places that we like doing business so go into that place give them your business Give them our info. Go to joydogfood.com. Our office number's on there. There's a contact us page. Depending on what region they're in, they will get in touch. They will get that dealer in touch with one of the sales reps who will get them some dog food. So that's who we want to do business with. That's how we want to sell dog food. We want to do it with American small business, with an American product. And we've been doing it since 1945 with no recalls. So go to joydogfood.com, go into that store, and let us help you get fueled by joy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. And this week, I am lucky enough, I'm out in Ohio, I'm joined by the Dunlap Gang. I've got Chuck and I've got Don and I've got Colton all lined up here, and we're at Chuck's place. Beautiful place you got here, Chuck. Thank I you. like it back Thank here you. in the holler. But uh, this is something I've been wanting to get done for a while. I don't get to Ohio very often, and it was something I wanted to do in person. I know Ryan Krausen's really excited that we are sitting down with you guys. He was one of the ones that really been pushing me to get out here and do this with you, and I'm thankful to do it. 
and I appreciate you guys sitting down with me and doing it in the first place. I know everybody's busy, but let's uh, let's just introduce ourselves, get started. We'll start with you, Chuck. I'm the oldest. Uh, I'm uh, I'll be 60 my birthday. And I started coon hunting when I was about 11 years old, and we live we come up here from West Virginia, and we lived in town. So I would start as soon as I got off from school, calling people to get get see who was going hunting to get get a ride until I got my license and uh, I started out with just training my own dogs and that's what I've done all my life and it's probably the reason for that probably is because the type of dog I wanted to hunt I didn't have the money to buy yeah and to to have the dog that I wanted I had to train it how long, how long, how, what's the difference between you and Dawn? Uh, three years. Three years. Yeah. So when did you first start hunting? Well, how old was you? 11. You was, was 11, 11 years so Dawn old. Dawn was yeah. eight. Dawn, was you packing around with he him? He didn't go with eight, but it wasn't too long after that he started going with me. Did you yeah. want your little brother going yeah. with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. my big brother didn't want his little brother no, going with I didn't, him I didn't. Now, I, the, the couple of the other ones that went, they were not as dedicated, yeah. and they shenanigans and stuff like that where i'd get pissed off at him but yeah. uh, he wanted me to go because i climbed a tree. yeah and he could climb a tree but like a, <laughs> i could climb but not not like him uh, what was your what was your first memories hunting with uh, your brother don oh i just uh, i i enjoyed it every time you know and that as the years uh went by in the 80s me and him and there ain't no way to prove it but we uh we probably finished more dogs than night champion and grand night champion than anybody that I know, you know, and it was dogs that we raised. We also had a training school. That yeah. We trained dogs for the public. You couldn't do that now the right way because you don't have enough timber and enough hunting territory to uh, accommodate all the yeah. dogs that you'd have to, you'd have to fool with. What year was that when you guys started? Boy, the... oh boy. We was charging the most of anybody. Uh, and I cannot. Can you remember the uh, years? Was four after you won the. the uh, after. after it was in in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah, in, in the middle eighties. Yeah. Don, when did uh, did you guys always hunt the same kind of dogs, the same breed of dogs, the same yeah. strain of dogs? Yeah. I yes. mean, you, you done it as a team. You guys well, didn't kind we, of compete against each other. We had two strains of dogs: an English strain that I bred, and me and him hunted, and he bred some of them too. And we really never promoted a stud dog. We yeah. just bred them for ourselves and, and competed them and done well with them, what we could compete in, you know, what we could afford yeah. to compete in. And then when I had a, I had a little female that uh, an old man went uh, to down, no, to Paul Taylor and bred one of my females that I'd raised to rooster. And when I got one of those pups and trained it up, and when he, when uh, they got to hearing about her, they wanted to buy her, and they bought her, and they loved her. Well, they ended up buying all of our English yeah. dogs. So that's when I changed to Buck Creek dogs. Really? Mm -hmm. And what year was that? Do you think? Mm -hmm. Help me. That was in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it well, might have been. It might have been. Did you? There. You had. Well, you had I not when I was born. Yeah, that was in the 2000s. That was yeah. probably Early your first. Was that your first Buck, Buck Creek? Creek? Yes, I not yeah. was my first yeah. Buck Creek dog. Yeah. Where did the name Buck Creek come from? I assume uh, it's a creek right here, close. Charlie, no, Charlie Butler in Indiana. 
uh, started the Buck Creek Dogs. He had Buck Creek Drum. Yeah. I judged Buck Creek Drum at Darbydale, Ohio, and I don't remember what year it was, and he looked fantastic. He won the cast. It was an ACHA World Qualifier, and then later I drawed him in the. It was PCA uh, Nationals, is what they yeah. called it. it. Was their it was their World Hunt, but yeah. they called it the PCA Nationals in 1982, and I put him out. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. I mean, if I remember right, I'm the only one that treated coon. Uh, it wasn't a real good hunt. Yeah. They run. It was a lot of running going on and stuff. But he didn't look like he did the 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 night I. Uh, judged him in Ohio, but uh, Kenny Burris was hunting him both times. I got uh, you. Out well, of Indiana. When uh, you guys were coming up, let's let's start let's start by in West Virginia. Where'd you guys come in from West Virginia? In the coal uh, country, in the southern West Virginia, about what, thirty miles east of Charleston, uh, yeah, Fayette County. What was it like in West Virginia? Well, we we was young when we, we moved yeah, out we here. Just just we all started school yeah. up here. I got My you. dad couldn't get good work down there, yeah. so he moved us up here to Iowa. He got yeah. a job at Owens Corning, and uh, we moved up here. And uh, back then, if your dad worked at Owens, Rockwell, or whatever, you wasn't rich, but you didn't go without. You yeah, know, it was yeah. some of the best places around here to work. What about uh, your dad? Did he hunt? Not coon. He didn't. He, he didn't believe in dogs. He thought they yeah. lied. Now we we <laughs> took him hunting uh, a few times him, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now he didn't. He didn't care for it. What? Uh, well, then who got you guys started with the hunt? Well, me. I just yeah. uh, my grandpa had an old black and tan that laid around there, and I'd I'd pretend like I was hunting him in the backyard when yeah. I was a little kid, and I just got a, a fascination with hounds. And my grandma told me that some of her people coon hunted, and I must have inherited it from them because. Yeah. I was all I was crazy about was a dog, you know. When yeah. I was, uh, and, and it went over to him and went, went over to Colton. Was you it know? a deal where your dad just turned you loose out in the woods behind the house, or did you have to go with somebody to get well, started? Well, we lived in town, so I'd I have got to you. I'd have to get me a ride every night to go coon. Yeah, who would take you? Oh, several people. Whoever I, you could get a hold yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I hunted with Greg Holbrook. I hunted with a guy named Meisen Elder. Um, Oh, I, I couldn't name all the people. Yeah. I had a list that I went through every night till I got my license, and then yeah. I was on my own. Yeah. We spent a bunch of nights out at Holbrook's. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he we coon uh, hunted with him a lot, and uh, we stayed out there a whole bunch. In fact, I uh, the first big hunt that I won was with one of his blue dogs, and it was at Jonesboro, Illinois. It was the I think the, the last maturity that yeah. they had. No, it wasn't the last one. I hunted in the last one. You, it was at the Diamondback Ranch that you. Yeah, yeah. I, I never even heard the dog bark before, and he <laughs> said, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in hunting him?" He said, "They got to hunt Thursday night, and then the Futurities Friday and Saturday." He said, yeah. "You can go down there and see what he sounds like." And Thursday night, I put him in there, and uh, ended up winning that cast, and uh, then. The weekend, I won the whole fraternity down there with him. It was a dog called Bandit Sam. It was well, uh, you eighteen. No, I don't think you were no, eighteen. No, uh, but anyhow, uh, you know, uh, from there, uh, it just everything went went pretty good. Then we had the dog called Mister Smith, and I won two world yeah. hunts with him. 
And then uh, a dog called uh, Mr. Clean. I won the UKC uh, World Hunt with him. Yeah. I say uh, everybody's going to know a lot of those names that you guys are bringing up. Right. I mean, you guys have had your hands on some pretty well-known Now, Mr. Clean, I knew where he was at and told Doug Jackson about him. And yeah. Don, did you go me, with Me him? and yeah. Doug went over and yeah. tried the dog, and he bought the dog. And then uh, he decided he wasn't going to hunt, and he called me. And I told I was hunting uh, for Benny Phipps at the time, and uh, I told him about the dog, and I said, we need to get him. And uh, he ended up buying him off of uh, Doug, and uh, we'd done real good with him and uh, won the world hunt in 2010 and sold him to uh, Brian Whittett. Yeah. He, he bought him. What At what point did you guys, because we all go through these stages, you know, we're we grow up, we get coon dogs, we just want to treat coons, and then we want to we want to go to a hunt, and then we just want to attend a hunt, and then we want to... Did you immediately know, immediately. Chuck, that immediately. you're 11 years old with you that bet. black and tan out in the yard that you want to win a world Well, coon? not then. Yeah. I was just I was just a three or four years old. Yeah. Uh, no, but when I first started coon hunting, I was serious about it, and I, I knew about hunts. Uh, when I first started yep. coon hunting, and I wanted to win, and I wanted to have the right kind of dog. To do what it. what kind of dog was that? Okay. Well, they weren't what I have today. They didn't hunt as hard. Um, I started out with the first dog that I ever trained myself was a little red tick female that Bert Noni gave me. Yep. a puppy, a little puppy, and I made her into a pretty good coon dog, but she was another class of... of I not or style or any of the dogs uh, later on in years, but she would for for sure tree coon. Yeah. And then I had a blue tick dog after that that I trained. It was a kind of a well, there was an old man around here that or in Shawnee, Ohio that had uh, Hustler and Hustler Two. Yeah. They were uh, they were hammer bred dogs, and I raised and trained a pup out of that, and he was a nice dog. Yeah. I and uh, I always had a. Selling the dog, you know. Once I get it up going good, if somebody offered me enough money for it, I'd sell it and start over again. That's that's mainly what I did with dogs. What did you regret selling any of them? Oh, all of them. All of them. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I wasn't real high on the food chain, and it helped me. Uh, it helped me buy stuff. Uh, my all home. Right. This yeah, building right. was built by dog sales. Yeah. Uh, just that I just used it. I loved doing it, yep. and I knew I could do it again. I yep. knew I knew that it wasn't like, oh man, this is the first time. I, and everybody will say, oh man, you got patience. I don't have any patience. I know what to expect out of one, and if they're as long as they're doing that, they've got my time. Yeah. But I also know when they're not worth the time to put in. Yeah. That's mainly knowing what to train. It's the most important thing. Right. People say I don't like to start a dog. Well, starting a pup is the easiest That's thing. The easiest, to, easiest thing, thing to do. Yeah. Finishing them out to what you want is a totally different. You've got to know the difference yeah. between what you can change and what you can't change. There's no there's no way to train a dog to run a track fast. Yeah. There's no way to train a dog to locate a tree right. Uh, hunt natural born hunting instinct. Uh, that's that's why it's in point important to have a bloodline. When, yep. Yeah, you know. you've got to have a strain of dogs if you're going to do it the way we do it, and that's why we've stuck with two strains all our life. We had an English strain, and we sold them out, and then I started with the the first 
good dog I had, other than an English dog, was a Walker Jip out of yeah. Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Well, he did produce some good dogs, but he, when I come along and watch these Buck Creek Hammer dogs go, I knew that's what I wanted. Yeah. That was my type, type, type of dog. Hard hunter, fast track dog. And when they tree, they'll have a king. That's a big king. thing. That's, that's what Buck Creek dogs, in my mind, when someone mentions Buck Creek dogs, Buck Creek this, and it don't matter if it's Buck Creek, blankety blank, 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 I'm going to immediately think that dog's really accurate. And they are. That, yes. is a, they are. that is a trait that all the Buck Creek dogs I've been around and hunted with and stuff usually are. Uh, no matter, and you know just as well as I do, they've all got holes. But accuracy is not going to be one of them. No. Right. No. Right. And but, you take any dog, any dog, if you unsnap that dog and he's got one thing on his mind, tree and coons, you're going to win with that dog. High there, There's no... Uh, no way that you're not. I mean, you're you're not going to win ever hunt, but you're going to no. win your share of hunts when you unsnap it and it's got one thing on its mind. And you yeah. add speed to it, you you really up your chances. The the biggest thing that the Buck Creek dogs have showed me is that you don't have to uh, you don't have to give up speed for accuracy. Yeah. And I think that's why I really like. Them. I mean, I was born into them. It's all I've ever been around. But you get out in the world and you hunt with different yeah. types of dogs and everybody there's kind of like this misconception that you have to sacrifice speed for accuracy and one thing that the buck creek that's dogs have showed true. that's not true yeah you can you can have a coon treed you, nine you, out of ten times you know they're gonna have a coon and it, it, it ain't gonna be slow about it yeah you, know? you can ask colton when we made this cross with the dog that i'm studying right now i bred him to be a stud dog i knew he'd be a coon dog yeah but I put so much Buck Creek hammer in him top and bottom side where it needed to be, and that's why he, he's got 109 pups registered, and they've won almost $100,000, and the biggest part of the good ones are dead. Yeah. Uh, Judas Boland had one named uh, Ellie that yeah. got hung. Uh, Bodie Price in, in Kentucky had one that he trained called Buck, uh, well, he called him Buck, but Colton called him Playboy, yeah. a winner. He's dead. Uh, what, Ray Lynn's dead? Ray There's Lynn. a lot of good yeah. ones that died yeah. uh, that had won money but, and would have went on to win a lot more money, but they're dead. Yeah, and you can't help all that. A lot uh, of people don't, uh, sorry, don't I mean, uh, a lot of people don't believe me, but he, what he was telling about that cross with Croson was the truth. Um, he told me that this will be the cross that we'll have a stud dog out of. Yeah. And it, it just kind of you know just gives another notch on his belt how much he knows about bloodline and um breeding and training dogs uh you know you kind of it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it was for me with being yeah. younger um, i how told do you him know, that before we ever yeah how do you know that we're gonna have and he oh he mainly keeps females and he kept a male out of that and I, you know he's serious about it and it seemed to work out yeah the the big thing to me is with the stud thing um, I mean, I know Dad likes breeding him and stuff, but we'll always be in a dog, and that's the bit. That's a big thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, They'll have one, have one another one in the the bullpen. Yeah, you and, sell them and, and I don't think it takes uh, three or four thousand pups on the ground to prove a dog is a stud dog. No. Yeah. If he reproduces his likeness and his likeness is good, he's a stud dog. Yeah. Yeah. And if he goes on past that and produces a high percentage of good quality offspring. He's an excellent stud dog. I know I've had some frozen semen out of some of my males, because we always keep a male. I've always kept males, con duds, dollar, all, all those. 
and I'll get them collected and as they get older I'll have five six litters out of them we're not going to stud them out or anything and if I breed quality females to them that I think will cross good if I ain't got nothing out of that there ain't no sense of keeping them there, well, there, I mean, there ain't no sense in it when the first not the first time I bred him but two times that I bred him I bred him to the absolutely worthless as bitches that I could find. Yeah. Axes out of one cross and sliders out of the other yeah. cross. Yeah. Just to see if he would reproduce. Yeah. See if he, yeah. see if he was right. going to do his part. Because yeah. you nailed it. If you if you don't keep it, I don't want to say, I don't know if private's the best, but if you don't keep it kind of close to home, you're, you're kidding yourself to just throw a dog out there and yeah. to, before you, you know, they prove their worth. And like Dad said, it doesn't take litter after litter after litter no. to prove, um, you know, no, I don't well, think it does. Well, no. the, the good the good thing about this coon hunting is is, and I know this it's becoming a big money thing, but a poor man's got a chance in this sport right you here. Bet. You poor bet. man's got a chance. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. One time when I was uh, young, I went to UKC hunt, and I was just first few hunts I ever went to, and uh, I show up there, and you know how you kind of look around at the competition and all that uh, stuff well uh here come some guys back then the sunburst was the best light yep, yep. well uh they all had sunburst brand new trucks well here comes a, a guy pulls up in an old scout rusted out scout and uh he looked at me like uh, he was straight out of deliverance the movie <laughs> deliverance and i thought my god I bet he ain't got nothing. We get out there and we line them dogs up and turn loose. And I'm not kidding you one bit. In no time, he says, strike and treat Jimmy right through there. And I thought, well, you're crazier than a bed bug. I cocked my ear and that dog's sitting in there every breath, just like raindropping. He'd done that four times, skinned us. So after that, my my outlook on that kind of stuff changed. Yeah. I looked for the, the roughest side of the buck with the worst vehicle and the worst light, you know. And I, I just, like, yesterday, I was in a fishing tournament. My nephew's got a boat that's probably $50,000 boat, yeah. okay? We go out there, and he's going down that lake 80, 60, 80 mile an hour, whatever is going on. He was scaring me to death, but I didn't let him know that. <laughs> I never said nothing. Yeah. Well, we got a guy over here in a boat that's probably uh, maybe 2,000, 3,000. He goes out there and he catches eight uh, pounds or nine pounds. He wins the whole tournament. Yeah. Uh, so it, that stuff there, yeah. I've always liked stuff like that. That's why I always like boxing. You know, you can't blame nobody but yourself if you got beat. Yeah. You know, it, it was you. And and with the coon hunting and stuff, hey, if you're not willing to go out there and lay in that brush and train a dog, then you shouldn't say nothing, yeah. you know, uh, about losing. And you're going to lose no matter no, what. You can't keep from losing. But no, I've no, always liked that because a poor man's got a chance, yeah. you know. And Engel and Maynard, I'll say this about them. I've been mad enough to tar and feather both of them, <laughs> but they have done good for this sport. Yep. They yes, sure they have. have. I, my hat's off to both of them. I tried years and years ago to get where no one goes to a tree by themselves. Yep. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. that if, you, if you don't have a dog that will stay treed, you ain't got nothing anyway. Right. And too many things can go wrong. Right. When that man goes off through there, 
to, by himself to his dog. Especially with these thermals. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even with a light, yeah. I, you can yeah. find the coon. If your yeah. dog missed the coon, you, you, you're you going in yeah. there and looking around. Now, now, PKC needs to do something about that. There, there is no way no. that you ought to tempt a man to do something, Not you know, for, the, this for that this kind of money. This isn't the days where it's $110 right. sitting yeah. there. Right. There's $100,000 sitting in there. They, they yeah. need to do something. Yeah. We was in a hunt here a while back and somebody asked, hey, can I go to my dog? Yeah, and I said, well, why don't you send one of them judges with him? Hey, four, 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 four judges out there. Yeah. Well, we can't do that. We love to have a question over it. Well, hell, we're in the same woods. Yeah. Why don't we get together and find out what the question is, you know, but don't let nobody walk in there to their dog by, their by themselves. Yeah. And, you know, you think of that. Of all the casts I've judged, participated in been in i'm guessing nine out of ten of the questions in a cast came when the cast was split up not necessarily any situation where it was a guy moving a dog or something like that but a tree call being made or something needed voted on or something a million different things happen when these casts split up well and yeah it's always a question well, it's like when yes that happens. josh not to interrupt you but if, if you you send me to my dog in there, okay, and we're hunting for 10000 or we're hunting for $50, and that dog breaks down and don't say another word, I might put the two minutes on it, but I might give that son of a buck yeah, two and a half minutes, yeah. you know. That's why a judge needs to be there. Yeah. There's just no other way around it to do or it. Or the right. whole cast, however, however you want to put it. It's not our job to, to judge our own dog. Right. It's not our job. Hey, there's some it. people, I promise you, that you could send them to a tree like that, and they'll get what they deserve. Yep. And there's some people, I guarantee you, won't. That's why you'll have people in heaven and people <laughs> in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that getting, is a fair... We got Don fired up. Yeah, Don, we're yeah, getting, yeah, I haven't like seen it. him like this before. <laughs> He's preaching. Don, Don has something to say. Yeah, I'm glad we got Bill yeah, to say it. He's preaching. When we're talking about... Because this is going to be the theme of a lot of this, is you guys training these dogs and training them from babies and doing the breedings and raising the puppies and all that stuff. And we touched on this earlier. And Chuck said, you know, the hard part isn't getting the dog started. No. You'll notice when I sell a young dog, it's always right before he's at the point you got to put him in a crowd, because that's when it gets hard. Yeah, when you yeah. got yeah. yeah. get, getting that dog running and treating a coon by itself consistently isn't that difficult. No, right. You know, that's that's if it. they've got it in them. Yeah, you know? yes, yeah. but it takes time. You know, yeah. they're going to be eight, right. nine, ten months old before they start doing it. A year old, some of them. Uh, I personally don't like to wait very long on one. No, you know. Well, don't you believe that? Anything that's born with loads of natural ability shows it early in life. I agree. Yeah. Uh, if you got to hand make and and do all work to yeah. get the dog, he didn't. He wasn't born with a whole lot of natural ability. And that goes back to having the bloodline yeah. to 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 know and what you're working with. If you fool with a strain of dogs, you watch them over the years. You you'll start looking. At, there's one to keep. Yep. There's one. There's one's going to do it because they all don't do it. No matter who's got the stud dog or who's got the mommy. No. They all don't reproduce 100%. My niece was an outstanding basketball player. Played Division One at Mizzou, SEC, uh, started. Uh, I think she may have led them in three-pointers one year or something. But anyway, when she was like five, 
<laughs> you you can look at her and be like, tell her that about, kid's a good basketball player. Tell her about your sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. He got yeah, hit in the face with the first ball I threw to him, and he didn't want to play no <laughs> yeah, more. That's why I don't you play. Threw the fir- you <laughs> threw the first ball to my daughter, she snapped and caught it. Yeah. You know, and she yeah. had it before she got blood clots. She had a, a, a scholarship to play softball. Yeah. And, and, and as a junior, as a, not as a senior, yeah. as a junior. No, and, you could see it early. And yes, did, sir. Speaking of that, did you see that Colton over here was going to be a good hound man early, or yes. did that come along late? No. Seen no. it early. He was a baby. He told me, when I say baby, I'm going to say four, five, six years old. Yep. Hey, Daddy, I don't like his coon hunting. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you don't have to Let like Let me it. tell the story uh, when you yeah. get done. Go ahead. Tell you can it. say you what tell the, the story yeah. is. A, it's it's actually a really neat it's actually a really neat story. So, from a young age, I had all kinds. I was always around coon dogs. Mm-hmm. Always people here, big name people. Um, I'll list a few: Doug Jackson, um, Larry Dotson, uh, Ryan Croson came around, Steve Yant, and all of them. You know, during the daytime, I was out there with them. So you build relationships, right. uncle like relationships, whatever you want to call them. And he nailed it, said it. At a young age, I didn't want to, didn't really want to do coon hunting. Part of the reason was, is he was so intense with coon hunting. He mm-hmm. wasn't mean to me or anything, but he was, he was hardcore when he went hunting, and it was hard for him to turn it off. It was yeah. hard for me to keep up, and uh, he never forced me or anything. And I think that's a big reason why I stuck with it. Um, but Doug Jackson uh, came here one time, and I, just from a young kid, you know, Doug would bring us candy and everything. I just loved Doug. Um, and, uh, he came here and, uh, I'd pout around with him, you know, all day. And I don't know what put it in my mind. I told my dad, I said, Hey, uh, I want to go hunting with you tonight. And it was a rare thing for me to say that because I knew what it entailed, yeah. especially when somebody was here. And, uh, well, he told me straight up, he said, look, you know, they're not here for me to take you out here for an hour or two and then bring you back. We were going up, I think to Jim samples that night. He said, so it's going to be an all night thing. You're just going to have to hang tough, whatever it is. Well, I went with them, and uh, I really did my best to impress everybody, leading dogs, toting the gun, whatever. And at the end of the night, my dad looked at me and said, "Uh, Buddy, you was a big help tonight. And that just flipped a switch in me. And I was probably 10, 9, 10 years old, maybe. I don't think you missed the night. After that, that, we've spent, and, you know, that's the big thing that coon hunting's done for me. I've won not near as much as other people. I've won my share. Um, we, you know, we all have. The biggest thing for me is is a relationship that is built. We, no doubt, me and him would have had a great relationship. No matter. Coon what. hunting out of the picture, yeah. but what coon hunting has done with me in making, I mean, we we share a bond that I mean I can't even put into words, no. and that's a that's a big thing that coon hunting's done for me. That's probably the the greatest thing that I pulled from coon hunting. You know it. Uh, one thing I've always thought is when the son of a hardcore coon hunter or the daughter of a hardcore coon hunter continues on to the sport late in life, those were the ones that really wanted to make it. Right. Yeah. Really oh, yeah. wanted to because yeah, it's hard. When my well, kids come with me, it's not. It's just like you. Yeah. It's not. I'm working a young dog or I'm getting a dog ready for a hunt. We're not playing. We're not running no, around exactly. in the weeds in the grass. We're not catching frogs. We're not doing all that stuff. We're, we're working. We're, we're at work and this is what we do. And so you can see, and I'm the same way, I don't force my kids to go. They can go if they want. But you'll see some of these kids, how many guys like us don't have, have that have children have children that don't coon hunt? Most of them. 90% yeah, of them, I would say. Right. There's not very many father-son duos. 
father-daughter duos or vice versa or whatever because the ones that are coming up are usually the ones that hunt with the old pleasure hunter down the road and he takes the kid and caters to the kid and shows him a good time and everything that's the truth yeah but the ones that come from the hardcore hunters that well, make it that continue to do it are uh, usually hardcore hunters. I, i've said this all along uh you know uh, i probably uh won about 140,000 in peak PKC and probably a couple hundred thousand in unsanctioned hunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colton will, when it's all said and done, will outdo us all. Yeah, I, I feel that in my heart, and, and I think that he will. And uh, and a lot of that is for the opportunity that I've been uh, given. Right? Do you feel right. like you got a jump start, Colton? Yeah, absolutely. You know. Hey, absolutely, yeah. buddy. They just knowing stories and the facts they grew up rough and i've always been in a loving household i got a mother Mm -hmm. that's put me up on a pedestal since i was born i got a dad that that was a big thing with the coon hunting as his life is coon hunting and the only thing that he puts above coon hunting is being a father and it was amazing to me you know you don't really i don't want to say not appreciate it because i've always appreciated it but you now that i'm i'm my age and i'm getting ready to have kids mm-hmm. this and i'm in you know adult life the stresses that come with adult life how quick that he took a, you know that was his income how quick he took a back seat to make me the best well, we only be. had one dog yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. And if he's going to learn, he's yeah, got to that's yeah. right. If I'd have had two, it would have been a lot yeah. better. Yeah. Right. Uh, and what Colton said about opportunity is the truth, because here's the way that is. You know, you see all these uh, MMA fighters and all that stuff. You can believe this. There's people out there on the streets that, that if they had the chance, could be in the same place mcgregor was or whatever there's people out there that coon hunt if they was at that same hunt they would have won that hunt Uh, they just didn't have the chance you got to have the opportunity and that's why when you're poor you're better off to sell half that dog to somebody that's got a little bit of money and let them pay the daggone entry fees and stuff because you don't have it i mean if i paid the entry fees like that and didn't do no good that thing right over there would take off and leave me. Yeah. <laughs> but she'd have every right to. Yeah, absolutely. I never. I, I hunted for a few people, but I was <laughs> I was harder to get along with than these other cats. Yeah. Uh, that was the the best thing that I that I ever did in in coon hunting, and I thought it was the worst thing I did was sell. I called him Homer. Sell uh, slider. He's called Slider now to Alan Stone Cipher. Yep. I may not know him if he walked in that door, but me and him, just for me, and that's the biggest thing that he taught me was be honest. Yep. You know, no excuses for a dog. Tell the truth when it hurts. And I sold him a slider, and uh, we built just this great bond. And man, he's like he's like family to me. And like I said, I I probably wouldn't know him if he walked through that door. If but he spoke, he spoke. If he yeah. spoke, he would. But he it. he's uh, and he's really gave me the op. You know, there you go, the opportunity. To, uh, to hunt these right. these events. Well, that's a lot of credit to the effort that you guys put in, too, because Alan Stonecipher ain't calling just anybody. Right, you know, right. He's going to call somebody with a good dog that's put in the work. Slider didn't just show up at your door one day. Right. You right. know, you put the effort in. You he's put born the right in. out there in a kennel right yeah. out there. I watched him fall out of his mama. Yeah. No, I, I like Slider. I drew Slider and Ryan down to World Hunt one year with rain, and uh, a good dog. I mean, he's business-like. He's goes hard he has his cones yep you know what else can you ask for in a dog that's right right but when we get back to 
the reading part of it, and Chuck touched on this earlier too, one of the reasons that you guys have such a success of getting them from six weeks old to in a cast is because you've got multiple generations where you could kind of do the same thing and you know you what bet. you're looking at. You bet. So what are you looking for out of that litter? Because, I mean, I'm, I walk out here, I see puppies out in your kennel on the way here and all this well, stuff. Well, now, when they're real tiny, you can't tell a whole lot about yeah. them. I'll start watching them. I've watched them, too. They're free barkers. They'll... they'll bark pretty easily uh, over anything and they're bold and brazen there's yeah. there's tiny pups that's that's one thing you could i've never raised a shy pup i've seen tons of shy pups but i i don't understand what you'd have to do to make a pup shy i've never had one pup on this place that was shy yeah and just i guess i'm around them all the time oh, i just mm-hmm. sold a bitch that uh i called scream yeah to brad ratton well I expected, and it was a done deal. We, we, uh, he sent me the money. I sent him the dog. Well, he calls me up and he says, this dog won't do nothing for me. Well, I'm getting her back tomorrow. I wouldn't do nobody like that. You know, if a dog was acting like it, am I a little afraid that he might've done something to her? I I know Brad and I don't, I don't think he did, but I'll know when she gets home here. But my word is more important to me than money. Well, that's what keeps people coming back. And, Amen. You know, if you're going to sell dogs Amen. and well, you're going to sell started dogs or finished dogs or whatever kind of dogs it is, you're only going to go as far as your word. That's exactly right. And you're the only person that can ruin that. Yeah. Do you want to sell yeah. one dog yeah. or do you want to sell a 100 dogs? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Those are your choices. Amen, buddy. How many dogs come out of here without a trial? About every one of them. Yeah. I mean, that, that just goes to show you, you know, that's, that's what I always look for. Yeah. Uh, like we just bought a, we bought Brandy off Barry Kitty and Jed goes, you want to go down there and hunt with her? I said, no. I said, Barry told me what she is. I said, that's what she is, you know, and Amen. Chuck or Don or Colton had a dog for sale and I called them about it. You guys tell me what it is. There ain't no sense coming up here and being miserable for three hours and then turn around driving home and all that stuff. Just go ahead and the get dog. the dog. Yeah, yeah. Send me the dog. So... When you get them out, you get them started, you get them going. They're, when do you start hunting them? When do you start packing them? Well, I'll pack them. I, I fool with them during the daytime. Yeah. Uh, every What's the last few pups we've started? Six months old, they trick in. It, the dog tells you, you yeah. know, more and, about and, and most of them, out of this dog out here, at six months old, if you give them a little opportunity, you don't want to give them too much at six months old, mm-hmm. but you give them a little opportunity, they'll show you they got, they got business on their mind. How old, what bitch you bought off of me? What, how old was she when you got her? Four uh, months old. Yeah, well, wasn't she training a coon in about a month or so? Yeah. yeah. Just naturals? Yeah, just, just naturals. Natural. And there there you go again. You, you act like, well, you're a great dog trainer. Well, I'm pretty good at not messing one up, but I can't make one do something. Yeah, you all know, you got to do is expose them. Expose yeah. them you know, and be, use common sense. Use common sense. How do you how do you dictate? Because I you guys keep some. You kept crossing. You know you guys are you guys are going to keep some dogs around. You're going to want to be in hunt. Yeah, that's. The but one. I mean, how do you dictate which ones you want to sell and which ones you want to keep? I'll tell you about that. I, I uh, there ain't not, I, the grit female that we had. My wife loved her, 
but I've always loved my family more than any dog. So when I had the chance to sell it, it didn't matter how much I loved that dog. Yeah. That dog yeah, was I don't love the dog more than because I do my family. Because that, you know, instead of laying in there watching them crazy shows on TV, I'd get my boots on and get out in the woods and train one. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's not like it's that hard. But I've all the, the grit female. I loved her. She was probably. By far, not the best dog I ever had, but I liked her the best. What'd you like about her so much? Just uh, she liked me. Yeah, you know, she liked me, and, and liked she performed. Me. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's sitting here acting like she wasn't just an average dog. She was a better than average dog. Yeah, she was a, a coon treer. She yeah. treated a lot of coons, and I seen her in a cast. I don't remember what hunt it was. I was a pro classic. She looked. She looked like a robot. She beat them so bad they thought they won. Uh, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hunting a female out of her for uh, Ledbetter and uh, Cody Thoman right now. It's out of uh, uh, my grip female and rodeo, and I've done pretty good with her. I yeah. made her a gold champion in one weekend, and uh, got well over ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I I got uh, some hunts coming up that I'm gonna put her in, and uh, hopefully I can do good with her. Yeah, how old is she? You know, I think she's two and a half. I yeah, think. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then the young female that I got, uh, I sold half of her to Rodney Green in Texas. And uh, she, I, she's, she could win hunts right now, but I'm not going to put her in no hunts probably till uh, next year. I'll get her money one on yeah. her, for, but I really like her. And, and that's, uh, you know, we was talking about young pups, seeing what you look for and stuff. I think the biggest thing that keeps... I don't know if you say keeps people away from it, but kind of puts a bad taste in the, the mouth of people with training dogs, and it goes back to having a good bloodline, so you're guaranteed mm -hmm. to have a good one is, is you start out backwards. You start out. You the bet. only thing you're guaranteed with when you pick a pup up out of a whelping box is hard work. Yeah. You're not guaranteed that that dog's going to make And you can get, you go through the stages, you know, you wake up instincts, and that that's what I consider starting a dog. You're just waking up the instincts yeah. that they were born with, um, you can get them right there to where, like you was talking about earlier, getting them into a crowd, and you can see a hole in them that, you know, it's just, there goes 18 months of my life that I've buried into this dog. And, and I, you know, that takes a lot of sap out of it. Right. It was a big thing. With You've got to be a man. You've got to be a man. And you cannot lie to yourself. No. You know, you cannot lie to yourself. When you see that hole, when you see that, when that dog starts, I'm not talking about makes you mad a night or two. When, you, when that dog starts making that bell ring off yeah. in your head like hey this is going to be this is going to be a problem it's it's time to and there it, may be it, some man that will love that dog yeah but it isn't going to be the one that you want to compete with yeah right because once you get past that point where that dog shows you that that's what they are you're just like i said you're just lying to yourself and you're never going to be sat you're wasting time yeah and time is a big thing whenever you train your own dog right. you know when you're wasting time you're wasting money and well, that's the thing. you got to keep a steady string of them. Oh, yeah. You know, because we run into that situation where we didn't we didn't raise litter for two years. And then the next thing you know, shock, scent, rain. Yeah. They're all old. Rain dies. on. They're gone. Yeah. And then where are you at? Now yeah. we're, now we're right. with nine-month-old pups, and we don't have nothing to put in the cast. And we're here to hunt in a hunt. That's what we want to do. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Amen. Right. And right. so you guys have done such a good job of, it's like a dang winning factory in here. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's it just staying with the the right type of dog and knowing them and 
being willing to go out there, you know, I, I got a bad knees now, but when I've got a dog here, bad knees or not, I'm going, I'm going to the woods. Well, it's a team effort. You know, you guys are all putting forth a lot of effort, all three of you. How do you guys get along uh, <laughs> all the time? Me and him used to not all yeah. the time get along, but anymore, I don't have, I mean, yeah, I mean, Chuck I Colton will say he's making he's making you mad, ain't he, Dad? Well, no, he ain't it's funny to see when they hunt together the old the buttons that you can tell has been pushed he tries for years, to push him. and <laughs> yeah, it can really it can really be entertaining out there. But as far as me and him, buddy, we no, I don't. We've have never no. we've never. I mean, you're gonna when you hunt when you're spending six seven nights a week with somebody, you're gonna have things you disagree yeah. on. A lot of it was me being you know getting some wins under my belt maybe thinking that i knew a little bit more than dad which is a big mistake that a lot of young no. men make all young men yeah all and young men. it would it didn't take me long to figure out hey when he says something listen yeah. well even if it sounds great like him telling me that we was going to have a stud dog whenever he bred when he says something listen he's been around the block you know and me and him i mean like i said i can't even put our relationship in words you know well there's a lot of certain circumstances where an older brother and a younger brother, uh, I compete against mine. You know, I want to beat my older brother. You know, I <laughs> wanted to branch it, which we're six years apart, but I right. wanted to branch out and get right different line of dogs, different deal, and go beat. And we love each other. Just me and like him might be hunting against each other, and I try to beat him, and he tries to beat me. Yeah. But at the end, we might split the money. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> you never know. Uh, but Don never did. I mean, and just like Colton, it's the same way with the father-son. Yeah. I bet you one day my son, he's got that same kind of mentality that I got. Uh, his his dream is to draw me in a cast and beat me, and I think that's going to extend to him wanting a different line of dogs. Or he may be out there hunting blue ticks someday. <laughs> I hope so. Then I ain't got to worry about losing to him. Well, You're clutching your chest right now. <laughs> uh, uh, I... To, to touch on that as far as wanting to branch out i guess what nipped any of that in the bud was any time that i've i've attempted to do so i mean i've, I've it, made, didn't work, it didn't yeah, go well it didn't work yeah. out and it didn't it did, and i guess you know the good lord was looking after me and snapped me back into it and yeah. he's always he's never been a hard person to go back to when you may he's anytime i've made a mistake he's always made it a learning experience he's never I think the biggest reason why me and him get along so good is even when I was a young man, and this may sound weird, still he's always man. he's always showed me respect. You yep. know, he's talked to me. He's never talked to me like I was a little kid. He's laid things out, and sometimes it was hard to hear, hard for me to understand. Yeah. But he's never kept anything from me, laid it out on the line, and never belittled me. Uh, never uh, made me feel like I was getting in the way, and I guess that's why I've never really, you know, I've never really no. felt like I needed to get off. I, I, I feel the most safest being under his—I don't want to say supervision, but under his, you know, guidance. Guidance. Well, you, know. you only uh, branched off twice in your life, and we welcomed you back with open arms. <laughs> when did I branch off? When did I branch off? Yeah, uh, you went after some other dogs other bloodlines and tried to shun us yeah that's never right. <laughs> <laughs> let's tell that story <laughs> dog. why don't you expand on that <laughs> well, he showed up here with a hillbilly deluxe dog one time and tried to 
No, he's always come back to the Buck Creek Dogs, that's for sure. Never really left. What is, uh, we're going to take a quick break, because I know I see uh, uh, Chuck got up, got him a drink. I'm going to do the same thing. We're about 45 minutes into it, but I got a lot more I want to talk to you guys about. So we got to stop for a commercial break here a little bit anyway, so we're going to do that right now. And we'll be back with Chuck and Don and Colton quickly. (laughs) All right. So newsflash, this ain't a commercial break. (laughs) Um, This is part one of two with the Dunlaps. I figured this would be a good place to stop it. And I know there's some background noise and uh, the volume is kind of iffy here and there, but uh apologize for that. Uh, that's on me. You get excited and you get into the moment and, you know, you're more worried about the conversation than the recording of the conversation. And that is what happened here. So uh, that's my fault. Uh, but otherwise, great, great podcast. Uh, really enjoyed sitting down with these guys. And uh, we will get them back again next week for part two. So thanks for joining us and uh, stay tuned.